May 2nd, 2023. We're continuing in Masechet Berachot. We're on Daf Tetvav Amud Aleph, three lines before the end of the Amud. And the context, briefly, is our Mishnah. Our Mishnah started with the Halachav, Hakoreh Le'ozno. Right? The Mishnah said, if a person reads Kiryat Shema, but he doesn't hear it as he's reading it, Yasa is the first opinion. We attribute that to Rabbi Yehuda. Uh, the Gemara had, and will continue that debate with regards to, is the word Yasa, um, implying that this is only bidiavad, it's not ideal. Or alternat- alternatively, is it even ideally? You can read Kriyat Shema without hearing it. The next opinion in the Mishnah, Rabbi Yosei Omer, Lo Yasa. Rabbi Yosei disagrees and he says, you need to hear it as you say it. He derives that from Pasuk Shema. Uh, the word Shema Israel, that extra initial word, listen, is telling us not only to just listen to the words of God, but it's the words that you're speaking need to be heard. And that's what we saw in the Mishnah. We discussed and debated and went back and forth with regards to different opinions from different Mishnayot elsewhere and Beraitot. The Gemara now brings us to a Mishnah in Masechet Megillah, in the context of Mikra Megillah. says the Mishnah, Tenan Hatam. The Mishnah teaches Hatam there in Masechet Megillah. Quote, Hakol Kesherim Likrotetam Megillah. Everyone is kosher, is permitted to read the Megillah in order to fulfill the mitzvah for others. Chutz, except for Meheresh. Heresh, again, is an individual who can speak. We're considering this a Heresh, who can speak. Medaber ve'enoshomea, but can't hear. That, of course, is going to be relevant to our whole conversation. That's what we're talking about afterwards. Shoteh. Shoteh means a person who is clinically, um, uh, cognitively impaired. Uh, the Gemara Masechet Hagiga gives objective uh, actions that the person might do. They're tearing their clothing for no reason in public. They're sleeping in the cemetery. But again, for all intents and purposes, we can say a clinically, uh, a person who's clinically cognitively impaired, uh, maybe, you know, in today's day and age, someone who should be in an asylum. And last, lastly, says the Mishnah, Vekatan. So the three exceptions are a chayresh, a shoteh, and a katan, a minor as well, is not allowed to fulfill the mitzvah of mikra megillah for others. Continues the Mishnah over there. Virbiuda machshir bekatan. Virbiuda disagrees with Tanakama with the Hakamim. His opinion is that the katan, the minor, can fulfill the mitzvah for others. Even though he's not obligated. Even though he's not obligated per se. Uh, so that's the statement there in the Mishnah. Before we talk about this in our context, which of course is focusing on that word heresh, the reality in the halacha of a person who can speak but can hear, let's take a moment or two or more uh, to focus on the katan. Uh, because after all, Tosafot right here on the left-hand side addresses Katan. Tosafot there in Megillah does. It generally speaking is a larger and very significant conversation with regards to minors, the obligation of parents or of minors themselves in this mitzvah called Chinuch uh, and so forth. But we will really return to this in the Mishnah and Dafkaf. The Mishnah and Dafkaf will say, Nashim ba'avadim uktanim patu peturim mikriyat shema, umina tefilin v'hayavin b'tefilah b'mezuzah b'katamazon. So we'll have a reference over there as well, and a Tosafot to discuss in the Rishonim there as well, with regards to these ketanim. But let's for a moment... missing is, is women and slaves. So that's very interesting. So hakol means including women and slaves. That's very important to mention. Yes, indeed, the Gemara in Masechet Megillah cites at the onset on Daf Dalid, in the name of Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi, that women are obligated in Mikra Megillah, hen hanes. So yes, very carefully and, and, and purposefully, this Mishnah says, Hakol, including women and slaves. It's only, it's only Ketanim, Heresh, and Shoteh who are excluded. It says Tosafot, 
Verbiuda Machshir Bekatan Vim Tomar. That's the way they begin their question. If you'll say, Beezer Katan Mayere, what age of a child are we referring to? Ibikatan Shilohigia Lehinucha Amlinan Beperekra Uhu Betin, Shekoshino Mehuya Badavareno Masitarabim, Umaita Ameder Biuda de Machshir. On the one hand, and this is what Tosafot begins to delineate, there are two types of Katanim. In the Halakha world, we talk about a minor and we quantify or we qualify. What type of minor are you talking about? You have two stages. You have Lohigia Lehinuch, call that little children, before the age that they're, um, that they're intellectual actually connected enough to understand the mitzvah. Generally speaking, well, it depends on each mitzvah. Uh, Rashi will tell us on Tetvava Mudbet that we're dealing with nine to ten years old when they're in the next stage. But in many, in many circumstances, we put the number younger at five or six. Okay, so that's lohigi'at lechinuch, a young child. Young child's lohigi'at lechinuch. Alternatively, higi'at lechinuch means either on the parents or on the child themselves is an obligation rabbinically to teach this child. That's when they're up to the stage where they could be performing this. Um, so says Tosafot, what child are we referring to over here with regards to this dispute between hachamim and Rabbi Huda? Uh, Rabbi Uda says a child is obligated, or rather not obligated, can say the Megillah for others. Hachamim disagree. Are we talking about a katan shelohi gea lechinuch? Are we talking about a child that we say objectively, this one might be an anomaly, might stand out, but generally speaking, we look at children at this age and we say they have no part in this mitzvah, not even to educate them. Well, then says Tosafot, I can't understand the opinion of Rabbi Huda. After all, we have a, a clear principle in Masechet Rosh Hashanah, Daf Kaftet, Tosafot cites it, that if you're not obligated yourself, you can't fulfill the mitzvah for others. So if it's a katan, call it a five, six year old, a seven, eight year old, the point is they're below the age where we should be educating them. How could Rabbi Huda in any way argue that they're reading the Megillah for others? So again, back in Tosafot, what age of child are we talking about? If it's the lower age, didn't we say, any person who's not obligated in a mitzvah, you can't fulfill it for others. And in turn, how do you understand Rabbi Huda? Okay, so of course, You'll push it in the other direction. So no, we're talking about a child who rose to the level of chinuch. If it's nine, ten years old, if it's seven, eight years old, whatever the age of chinuch is for this particular mitzvah, how do you explain the first opinion, that of hachabim, rabbanan, who maintain that a child can't read the Megillah for others? After all, reading the Megillah is at most, or at the very least, the standard approach, midrabanan. There is a debate, maybe we qualify it as different. We call it midivre nevim. But ultimately speaking, it's not min Torah. Now, this is a very important distinction already. Tosafot will, in a moment, quote from the Gemara on Dafkaf Amud Bet. The Gemara later on on Dafkaf Amud Bet will talk about the following situation. A child who their father, for one reason or another, either can't or isn't able to in circumstance, say, you're dealing with a mitzvah from the Torah for all intents and purposes, right? And the father can listen to the child and be yotze by listening to the child in Birkat Amazon. Now the Gemara questions that, can he really do so? The child is not obligated. The Gemara says the child is obligated midrabanan, rabbinically speaking, that's what we said. He's a giyal The father, if, 
if the father is not obligated in Birkat Amazon on the biblical level, but only rabbinic, we'll, we'll, we'll explain what that means in a second, then in that situation, the child is midrabbanan, he's obligated in chinuch, and the father is midrabbanan, so he can read it, he can say Birkat Amazon. Sure, what is the, hang on a second, it is possible, because the Birkat Amazon that we read and say is really broken up. Rabbin Minha Torah, according to the Torah, the Gemara makes this clear. You only say Bekatamazon from the Torah at the stage of satiation. The Kazait or Kabeta, we'll see that's a mahlok later on, is Midrabanan, is rabbinically speaking. So much so that the Gemara quotes this Midrash that Akadosh Baruch Hu says, How could I not favor my nation? They're so good, they're so scrupulous in performance of mitzvot that I told them, and they, they determined it as even a smaller measure. Well, that being the case, the father only had a Kazait, let's say. So the father only had a kazayit, he's only obligated to cut him banan. Says the beraita there on Dafkafa Mudbet, the child could read it for, oh, did you hear what happened, says Tosafot? What emerges from that? What emerges from that is that if the child is dealing with a mitzvah midrabbanan, he can do it for a parent, he can do it for an adult. Well, then as why? As long as they're also drabbanan. As long as they're also drabbanan. What's the case of Mikra Megillah? Mikra Megillah, after all, is only midrabbanan. The child, of course, is obligated midrabbanan. Asks Tosafot, ah, if you're going to tell me you thought you solved it, it's, we're talking about a katan shigiyah then I don't understand. How come the child can't read the Megillah? How's it any different than our case of Berkat Amazon, where the father is only obligated to read So again, back in Tosafot, how do you explain the opinion of the Hachamim who say you're not allowed? And we say later on, this is the Gemara that we were just referring to, katan Midrabbanan, a child who's at the age of education, is obligated um, from the rabbis. Kigadol, like like he's an adult on a derabbanan on a rabbinic level. Upoter derabbanan, and he can fulfill the mitzvah for someone who's obligated midrabbanan. Kedamar lekaman perik mishemeto dekatan motzi aviv shelo achale lakazayit ainu midrabbanan. So Tosafot then is stuck in a bind. How do you explain this Mishnah in Masechem Megillah? I know we're going to cite it in our Gemara. We're bringing it for a reason of Heresh. But wait a second. What about Katan? How could a Katan not fulfill or yes fulfill, depending on Rabbi Yudah or Chachamim? I don't understand either one of the opinions. Because if we're dealing with a Katan, I can understand Rabbi Yudah that he could fulfill the Mikra Megillah for his parents or for adults. If you tell me it's a Katan, I don't understand the opinion of Chachamim that he can't. Question? It's not that I don't understand, it's that I understand both sides to it. Okay. Which is but, why it's an argument. But, but again, you can't justify both sides if we're talking about the same case. If it's Igiyah le can, which is why it's, it's But you can't really. In other words... If one has a big hole, that's not machloket. But where's just, the... Again, where, where's the... How, how do you justify both opinions? If it's Igiyah le Right. How can you understand not fulfilling it for the parents? How does that jive with our Gemara and Dafkaf? It doesn't. It doesn't. So then we can't accept it. That's the point. The point is, if we don't have a justification, a mahlokit, we generally, if not always, assume it has two sides, each of whom can justify their opinion based right. on the mechanics. Says Tosafot, one of two answers. First answer, First answer of Tosafot is, listen, this principle that we set forth, quoting a Gemara later on, not a real principle. What do you mean? 
If it's rabbinic in nature, the child could help you fulfill it. No, that's not a principle. It's explicit. It's only a principle when it comes to Bekat Amazon. What? Why only by Bekat Amazon? Bekat Amazon, the rabbis, were particularly and specifically stringent. What do I mean by stringent? Well, stringency, we're talking, I mean, the, the word stringent is, is difficult. Maybe, maybe, maybe uh, well, here's how it goes. It's a stringency which, which includes a leniency in order to force you to do it. In other words, if I say that you can say Berkat Amazon even with a Kazait, even with a Kabeta, is that a stringency or a leniency? On the one hand, it's more lenient, you can say it in that situation. On the other hand, it's a, it's a stringency that you need to say it. So that being the case, that is the sign. The sign for us that the rabbis were particularly stringent about Bekat Mazon is the fact that they brought down the, the minimal amount to Kazait or a Kabeza. Tells you they're stringent and therefore are more liberal with, you know, so to speak, what qualifies. As a result, says Tosafot, even though in general a child is midrabanan, and even though he's hayah midrabanan, uh, you'd think maybe he could fulfill it for an adult. That wouldn't be the case. It's true by Berkat Amazon because the rabbis in their stringency said, at all costs, get this Berkat Amazon in. To begin with, you're not really obligated, Minat Torah, with your Berkat Amazon. You only had a Kazait. Nonetheless, we want you doing it. We'll even let the child do it. So that's the first approach of Tosafot. In other words, you can't use that as a principle which will inform you about other situations. For example, Mikram Megillah. And as a result, that's why over here we're talking about a Katan Shehigiyah Lechinuch. And how do you justify the Hachamim who disagree with Rabbi Uda? Well, you say the Hachamim say that's only by Bekat Amazon, not elsewhere. Second answer of Tosafot is a, is a fascinating one. We won't fully develop it right now. Maybe we'll return to it on Dafkaf. Inameh, alternatively, Hatam, over there, meaning by Bekat Amazon, Leka Bekatan Elahad Derabanan. This is an assumption. Tosafot assumes that the child that we're referring to back, uh, later on on Dafkaf ate how much food? Ate enough food to be satiated. So technically speaking, the amount of food they ate would put them on a biblical level, on a deoraita level. However, they're a child, right? So that's one derabanan, and the parent ate, or the adult ate, less than the amount, one derabanan. One derabanan of the child ate the requisite amount from the Torah, but is only obligated midrabanan. The parent ate less than the biblical amount is one derabanan. One derabanan going up against one derabanan, you can fulfill it for them. Bring that over to our situation. Mikra Megillah is a mitzvah midrabanan. The child is, at most, obligated midrabanan. When he reads the Megillah, it's so far removed from the real quote-unquote way to do this on a biblical level that he can't read it because he's got tered rabbanan. He's doubly removed uh, from a biblical reality uh, from the adult who's only one midrabanan. So he's got two versus one. It's a difficult, in other words, are there's we counting numbers? There's levels of drabanans, you're saying. Right. The suggestion is there's levels of drabanans. It's a very drabanan and drabananish. That's, again, the most simple way of interpreting this Tosafot, those words, that's what, that's what they seem to be saying. The question is, is there a depth to this beyond just two versus one, you know, negative two versus negative one? I mean, keep in mind the difficulty, just very basic logic. We're dealing with drabanan to begin with. I invite you into my world, the rabbi world. So you're obligated in the rabbi world. Why are we in the rabbi world? It's Mikra Megillah. So you're telling me there are deficiencies within the rabbi world called Mikra Megillah in the fact that you're only obligated from the rabbis? I mean, that's, that's why even 
even everything notwithstanding, even internally, the Tosafot is a little difficult to understand. You're not too removed and trying to fulfill something on a biblical level, which got bumped at this to begin with. It's Mikram Megillah, it's after the Torah. No matter what but, you do, you can't get it to. That's right, that. that's right. So why even talk? Okay, but that's the approach of Tosafot. Iname, again, Hatam over there, Lekabe Katanela Hadirabanan, there's only one. Dirabanan obligation, demayere, and this is the assumption of Tosafot, it doesn't say this there. The child ate, and again, that's very significant. They have to assume that the child ate the amount of satiation. Therefore, the Dirabanan of the child comes. Umosi Dirabanan fulfills the Dirabanan requirement of the parent. Over here, in our case, over here, there are two Dirabanans. The obligation of Mikra Megillah is only rabbinic in nature to begin with. And the child in turn, who has two derabanan, can't go up in order to fulfill it for the one derabanan of the parent. Okay, that means though, however, just to briefly summarize the Tosafot, Tosafot was questioning which katan are we dealing with, and in turn has two very clever novel approaches. The reason this Tosafot, besides internally the issues that arise, is very significant is the way, and we'll, we'll maybe address this on Daf Kaf, the way Ramban Nahmani, for example, in his Milhamot Hashem, um, addresses this issue, because what emerges from this is fundamentals with regards to understanding education of children from a halakha perspective. In other words, I, I dabbled with that very briefly, and I won't even go into depth with it right now. Um, who's obligated in educating the children? Children Is the child, so to speak, obligated on themselves? When you get to this age, so, so to speak, God or the rabbis from God's authority say to you, now you should be doing this, and the parents facilitate it? Or is it an obligation on the parents? And you might say, why is there a difference? There's major differences, but those are the two conceptions. It's, a, it's an important conversation that gets into any involvement of children in mitzvot, which really emanates from this conversation. But nowhere in here are we saying that there's a case for a katan that was not Megillah. According to Tosafot, yes, we at no point I mean, are also addressing. practically, a five-year-old who doesn't comprehend child God savant. Is child savant, to... the child is brilliant and he's able to so read and he's able God to... And he should be intellectually is not subjective. It's determined by the mitzvah and the general general capacity. Sorry, okay. Yeah, by extension, yeah. a genius kid who can That's just right. read the whole thing. That's right. I mean, again, reading Megillah is not even so crazy. You want uh, to say five, six to years old, he understands by, uh, the mitzvah. He understands the lulav, Okay, but to read the entire Megillah, there's many adults who don't know how to do that. Agreed. Okay, so it's a skilled child who comes from a Ba'ale Kiriyah family. All right, says the Gemara, Tenan Hatam. Again, the Mishnah over there, Masechet Megillah says, Hakol Kesherim, three lines from the bottom, Likrotet HaMegillah. Chutz Mechere Shotev Katan, Derbi Uda Machshib Katan. Says the Gemara now, Mantana, who's the author over there that says, Heresh Di'evid Name Lo. We have an opinion over there in the Beraita. The first opinion, that a Heresh, or all opinions for all intents and purposes. Rabbi Yudah only disagreed by a katan that a cheresh who speaks but can't hear even after doing so, meaning it wasn't ideal, doesn't fulfill it. Uh, whose opinion is that? Amar Rav Matna, Rabbi Yosehi. I would, I would suggest, says Rav Matna, it's Rabbi Yosef. Again, we learned Rabbi Yosef in our Mishnah. Who's Rabbi Yosef? Ditnan, as the Mishnah teaches us, Yasa. 
Okay, explicit. Rabbi Yosef's opinion, in contrast to Rabbi Uda, is that you don't, even in an unideal, after-the-fact situation, fulfill the mitzvah of Kiryat Shema if you didn't hear it as you were reading it. Says the Gemara, but maybe, maybe, just maybe, that Mishnah can accord with even the opinion of Rabbi Uda. How could it accord with the opinion of Rabbi Uda? Who told you? What made you determine that? The Mishnah there, Masechem Megillah, is Rabbi Yosef because it's saying the Megillah, even B'di Avad, even after the fact, even in unideal circumstance, uh, you don't fulfill it uh, when you read it and don't hear it. Maybe, Dilma, maybe it's Rabbi Yudahu. He, maybe it's the opinion of Rabbi Yudahu. Uh, maybe Rabbi Uda's opinion is, after the fact, you fulfilled it. Our Mishnah says, Yasa. The Mishnah over there is talking about the ideally. So ideally, you don't read the Megillah if you're a Hiresh. Our Mishnah alternatively says, if you read the Kiryat Shema and you're a Hiresh, you're Yoseh. But it wasn't ideal. Is that a cogent argument? Says the Gemara, that's a kadatach, not a good argument. Why not? The katane heresh dum yad shote ve katan, ma shote ve katan di avad na melo. Af heresh di avad na melo. Because if you read the Mishnah carefully, it listed and grouped together three people, three type, types of people. Remember that? Well, the same way, katan and shoteh, even unideally, even b'di'avad, you don't fulfill mikra megillah by them reading it. So, so too, Hiresh is even b'di'avad, which means to say the Mishnah, Masech Megillah, is telling you that mikra megillah, afilu b'di'avad, you're not Yoseh. Whose opinion is that according with? It has to be Rabbi Yoseh. That's what the Gemara suggests. Says the Gemara, but maybe not. The Dilma, maybe. Ha kedi'ita, ze kemoshehu, this one as it is. The ha kedi'ita, and this one as it is. In other words, when we group things together, maybe we're over we're reading too much into it. It says Hereshoteva Katan to tell you all of them are not the right person to be reading it. Are they all the same status? Not necessarily. Shoten Katan, lo. In other words, we can argue that the Mishnah Masech Megillah accords with the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Can you really argue that the Mishnah in Masech Megillah follows the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda? Well, let me read for you for a moment again the Mishnah Masech Megillah. Tenan hatam three lines from bottom on Tet Vav Amudal. Hakok Sherim Nikrotet Megillah Chutz Me'Hereshotev Katan. Pause for a second. We're arguing that that's the statement of. Even Rabbi Uda. But Hachamim, we want to know who they're following. Even Rabbi Uda. Continues the Mishnah, Virabi Uda, Machshir Bekatan. One second. Uh, Rabbi Harari says that Hereshot Tevekatan can't read the Megillah. And Rabbi Harari says a child can read the Megillah. Well, one second. <laughs> what are you talking about? You can't argue the first part of the Mishnah is Rabbi Uda. We have the next words, Virabi Uda, Machshir Bekatan. Says the Gemara, umi maset, maset means to be able to, le'ukma ker bi'udah, v'hamid dekatane sefah. From the final words of that Mishnah, rabi yudah makshir bekatan miklal deresha, lav rabi yudahi, we can deduce that the first words are not rabi yudah. Says the Gemara, no, maybe we can still be creative. V'dilma kula rabi yudahi. Maybe it's all rabi yudah. What's all? The whole Mishnah is rabi yudah. What are you talking about? The first statement and the second statement, but they contradict each other. Utre gavne katan. And there are two types of ketanim. Well, we know this already from Tosafot. But the Mishnah wasn't talking about that. The hasure mehsera v'hache katane. A classic Gemara terminology and methodology where the Gemara says, in order to approach this Mishnah in the way and fashion that we think it's teaching us, it's missing words. Haser means to be absent. 
Why would the Gemara take the liberty of doing so? Because the assumption, as, as many of the Mefashim point out elsewhere, is that Mishnayot were meant to be uh, uh, repeated by rote. You were supposed to repeat them and know them by heart. And so they were, as a result, abridged so that you could say them very easily. And therefore, say the rabbis from time to time, well, we have a tradition, this is the interpretation, but it doesn't match the words. Yeah, those words were left out over time. These are the words that really should be injected in as teaching it. And this is what the Mishnah meant to say. Hakol in the Everyone is kosher to read the Megillah and fulfill it for others, except for When is it so that even all of them are out on a child below the age, over here Rashi says, it, of 9 or 10. Where did Rashi get that age of 9 or 10? He quotes the Gemara Masechet Yoman Daf Pebet. The difficulty with saying 9 or 10, and that's why, we, that's why I struggled with it just a few moments ago, is because 9 or 10 is the shi'ur, is the measurement for ta'anit on Yom Kippur. That's what he's quoting from. When it comes to the other mitzvot, as you mentioned earlier, nitilat lulav and sukkah and so forth, there's se- se- separate measurements. The Gemara says, lulav when you're not younger. Tosafot points to Zayar Masyikhit Arachin and disagreeing with Rashi. Okay, regardless, however, and Rashi would need to be resolved, uh, what we're dealing with in our Mishnah, the initial statement is Rabbi Uda, and the last name is Rabbi Uda, is Rabbi Uda. How do you square the two? In one he says a katan no, and in the other he says a katan yes. The first statement was below the age of 9 or 10, 7 or 8. However, if he's arrived and he, he got to the age of even ideally, not after the fact, that would be the opinion of Biuda, which means to say our initial statement in the Mishnah then, where it says that a Hiresh can read the Megillah, can also be Rebiuda. How is Rebiuda arguing that way? A Hiresh should not. Shotevekatan even bidiavad, and then the second statement is katan Period. Okay, so that's the statement then of the Gemara. Gemara continued its struggle that we saw already on Amud Aleph. It's almost through, however. Bemai ukimta. How did you then establish our Mishnah Masechet Megillah? Kirbi Huda, according to the opinion of Biuda, Avadin You're telling me in this first statement of the Mishnah, which is the only statement with regards to Hiresh, that Hiresh should not, however, he could read the Megillah for others. In other words, ideally, not, but Avad he can. And that would be the opinion of Biuda Ela, says the Gemara. If that's the case, so then you establish. Rabbi Uda's opinion is that you need to be shomea le'ozno le'chatechila. You need to hear what you're saying, ideally. Rabbi Yosef says, even b'di'avad. Does anyone say that you fulfill the mitzvah, even le'chatechila? Do we then have an opinion who says that you fulfill kiriyat shema, you fulfill megillah, you fulfill berachan uh, terumah, any of those, even le'chatechila? Not per se. So it's like, if that's the case, elahad detaneh Rabbi Yehuda bereder b'shimon ben pazi, chedesha medaber ve'eno shomea torem le'chatechila. We have a statement that when it comes to Tiruma, a Hiresh, a person who can he, can uh, talk but can't hear, can do the Tiruma, even the Chatechila, where there's a necessary Beracha. Mane, whose opinion would this be following? Lord of Be'udah, I won't follow the opinion of Be'udah, why not? Because Be'udah only says Be'udah, the Lord of Be'udah, and not Be'udah, because even Be'udah, if you can't hear what you're saying, you don't fulfill it. So, which means to say the Gemara now is challenging the notion that Rabbi Uda's opinion is that Bidi'avad, you fulfill the mitzvah if you don't hear it, rather, we'll have to set up, as we did in the past, uh, extremes on the spectrum. 
Rabbi Uda says, if you don't hear, you fulfill it even the Chatechila. And Rabbi Yosef's opinion is that even with the Avad, you don't fulfill the mitzvah. Do we have anyone in the min- middle now? We have nobody in the middle. Nobody says Lechatechila at this point in the Gemara. If you're not Shomea Mashehotimi Piv, you fulfill the mitzvah. Ela Hadetanya, what about the following Beraita in the context of Birkat Amazon? We've seen a lot of this already. This is all getting repeated for us in a different context with a little bit of a different direction. Lo Yivarechadam Birkat Amazon Bilibbo. You can't say Bekatamazon in your mind. However, if you did so, you fulfill the mitzvah. With your mind does not mean without your lips moving, it means without hearing it. Wait a second. Mane, um, uh, whose opinion would this be following? Because after all, that's Lechatechilam Avad. You shouldn't. But if you did, you fulfilled it. Now, according to what we're up to in the Gemara, it's Lord Biuda, It's neither the opinion of Biuda nor of Biose. If it's Biuda, Ha'amar, you're telling me now our angle, our direction is that even ideally you fulfill the mitzvah, any mitzvah, any beracha, even when you don't hear it. According to Biose, you don't fulfill it even after the fact, which means say we have nobody in the middle. Nobody holds the Chatechila. You have an explicit statement over here that you fulfill it uh, says the Gemara, no, we can and will argue Rabbi Huda is on one end of the spectrum, you fulfill Lechatechila. Rabbi Yosei on the other end of the spectrum, even Bidi Avadna. How do you resolve this? We just found an opinion who says that you fulfill it Bidi Avad Velakashya Hadideh Says the Gemara, there's a distinction between his own opinion and the opinion of his rabbi. Who is his rabbi? We're going to see in a moment, Bil Azab ben Azayah. So we're about to read the opinion of Bil Azab ben Azayah who maintains that Lechatechila, I you hear that what you're saying, but with the Avad you fulfill it even if you don't. Amar Rabbi Yehuda Mishum Rabbi Lazar Ben Azariah Hakoreh Shema Sarich Sheyashmiyah Leozno Shene Emar Shema Yisrael. The first opinion here, Rabbi Lazar Ben Azariah is Sarich. Ideally, you hear that what you're saying, Kriyat Shema. But if you didn't. You fulfill it. We found someone in the middle of the spectrum. His opinion is Rabbi Lazar ben Azayah, Amado Rabbi Meir, Harehu Omer Asher Anochim Sabecha Yom Alevavecha, Achal Kavanat Alev Henen Adevarim. Rabbi Meir disagrees and maintains even the Chatechila. The pasuk says Vayudevarim Ayelah Asher Anochim Sabecha Yom Alevavecha. These words, the words of Kiryat Shema, should be on your heart, in your mind. It means that's the um, integral part, not that you hear it, but rather that you think about it, rather that it's being said. So it means Rabbi Meir holds even the Chatechila. So what the Gemara then is suggesting at this point, before it comes to its final conclusion on this, is that we have a spectrum, we have three different opinions, and each opinion can be plugged in as necessary. We have Rabbi Huda who holds even the Chatechila, uh, if you say it and don't hear it, you fulfill. We have Rabbi Azab ben Azariah who says only after the fact. We call that Bidi Avad. And then we have Rabbi Yosef who says even after the fact, he didn't fulfill it. Uh, says the Gemara, but we introduced another opinion. Did you pay attention to the opinion of Rabbi Meir? Rabbi Meir explicitly said you could do it lechat hila. Well, that being the case, says the Gemara, we can then change the opinions over here. We could say Rabbi Meir holds it lechat hila if you don't hear it. Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Azab ben Azariah maintain only Bidi Avad. And lastly, Rabbi Yosef holds even Bidi you don't fulfill it. Hashta means now that you quote, you came to this. You quoted me another statement, another opinion, that of Rabbi Meir. You can argue, you can maintain that Rabbi Uda holds like Rabbi Al-Azab and There's no difficulty. Period. We would argue that when we say it's the opinion of Rabbi Meir. When we say 
it is Rabbi Yehuda. Right? That's what we have in the Gemara. How we posek lahalacha on this matter? Well, this is a Gemara which repeated itself now in the context of Mikra Megillah. Many of the identical features. We have many opinions. Ultimately speaking, all the opinions on the spectrum. The Gemara gives us three lines here or so in order to arrive at halacha, and then we'll read it in Shulchan Aruch. So as the Gemara, Marav Hasta, Marav Shila Halacha. First and foremost, the halakha is like Rabbi Uda in the name of Rabbi Azar ben Azariah. <coughs> what was that opinion? Bil Azar ben Azariah said, ideally, Birkat Hamazon should be done while hearing that which you're saying, but after the fact, but the Avad, you fulfilled it. And furthermore, the halakha is like Rabbi Yehuda. Well, what's the difference between halakha ke Rabbi Al-Azab ben Azariah or like Rabbi Yehuda? What's that? It says the Gemara Usiricha. It's necessary. Rabbi Yehuda was in the context alternative. It says the Gemara Usiricha. If you just stated the halakha is like Rabbi Yehuda, well, we were confused. What is Rabbi Yehuda's opinion? You would have thought it's even ideally. Now that's what teaches you that it's only avad. So then why don't you just say Ultimately speaking, you tell me they maintain the same thing. So just say it like that. You would have been confused if you just said You maybe would have made a mistake in understanding words were sarikh You maybe would have said sarikh is like Rabbi says, even Bidiavad, Kamashmaalan, it's for that reason that we read Halakha Kirbihuda. Period. So therefore the Gemara then concludes for us the Halakha the on this matter is like Rabbiuda and Rabbiuda Mishum What is that? Well it's the same opinion. When all the dust settles, when all the technicalities which went through in and out, up and down in our sugya, when everything settles, we are ending not on one end of the spectrum and either one of the extremes, but either right in the middle that lechatehila, you fulfill it when you don't hear it, but excuse me, you don't, but bidi'avad you do, seshu hanaruch in orahayim siman samich bet, in sa'if gimal sarich lehashmi'a leozno, you need to hear that which you're saying in Elchot Kiryat Shema. But if you didn't hear that which you were saying, Yasa, you fulfilled. So again, ideally, as you're saying Kiryat Shema, you're hearing. Shema Israel Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. Right, so every one of those words should be heard in your ear. You don't want to distract the people next to you, so you say it quietly, but you need to hear it. People make this mistake. Ubilvad concludes Shohan Aruch Bisvatav. It's absolutely necessary, even with the Avad, that your lips be moving. In other words, I, I didn't realize. I wasn't listening to myself. I didn't realize that I had to make it. Uh, but did you move your lips? I moved my lips. You didn't move your lips? You weren't even mouthing it? Then you're not even. What about Baruch Shem Kivod Machutol Le'olam Is it part of Kiryat Shema in that respect that you need to hear it ideally? So uh, uh, here in the Ish Matziah Shohan Aruch, Mishnah Berah, they cite from Ben Ish Chai, Vegam Baruch Shem Kivod Machutol Le'olam Va'ed, Sarich Lehoshmiya Le'ozno Kesat, even though we lower our voices, when you lower your voice and you're already lowering your voice at the very least make certain that you can still hear uh, the words Baruch Shem Kivod Makoto Le'olam Va'ed and I'm assuming the same thing with Baruch Haraaf and, and by extension for, for Syrians for Swaradim Ve'hara'af which we say quieter must be heard nonetheless okay to very briefly summarize then what we learned in the Gemara today is uh, first and foremost 
We dealt with Ketanim in general, minors. We dealt with it in the context of Mikra Megillah. We introduced some important concepts, two approaches in Tosafot, and how to understand the reality, the Mahloka between Chachamim and Biudah and Masech and Megillah and Afyotet with regards to a Katan reading Megillah for others. And then we went through a lot of the same back and forth, Shakla Vitarya, um, give and take in the Gemara with regards to these three opinions which emerge with regards to hearing what you're reading. Ultimately speaking, arriving at the Halakha right in the middle, Lechatechila, you should be hearing that what you're saying. However, Bidi'avad, you fulfilled the Mitzvah. And we concluded by reading the words of Shulchan Aruch, Said, but one caveat, even the avad, even after the fact, in an unideal situation, you have to at the very least be moving your lips. If you didn't move your lips, even the avad, you're not, you'll say, Baruch Adonai Amen, Amen.